yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah, and who the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is still out on assignment. I don't know if it was something about that fam you uh, last second shot that is running off the board in the Bethune Cookman. <laughs> Close game. I don't know. Trip to Florida. I, you know, I made it. I got back in the house. You know, mine was a plane trip. I got excuses. Welcome to episode 237 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from the institutions large and small from NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture. And HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cabille, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me get straight to the business and go to Professor Bishop. Uh, as he's in the building. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Doc. And first and foremost, let me start off by saying happy birthday. Happy birthday to Dr. Cavill. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. It's been a good one thus far. Thus far, making sure I see one on the other side. It's better than the alternative. So I'm there you go. celebrate. All day, all day. A lot of great stuff to get into, Doc. A lot of great news out there today. Yeah, hey, got some some football news. You know, football is year-round, of course, uh, so, uh, in the HBCU <laughs> yes, environment. So yes, we might as well just jump right into it, Doc. Clark Atlanta, today they named HBCU legend Willie Slater as their next new head coach. Of course, Coach Slater comes over from Tuskegee, where he won seven SIAC championships as head coach. He takes over for Tim Bowens, who served as Clark's coach for the past three years, and this is a statement from J. Lynn Dawson, Clark's athletic director. Uh, we're excited to have Willis Slater as part of Clark Atlanta University football family. In 42 years of coaching, Coach Slater has been the standard for excellence in winning football. So that is a huge news today coming out of the SIAC as Willis Slater takes his talents from Tuskegee over to Clark. Before I ask you how you doing, and I don't want to be rude about this, but I'm sure you have some thoughts on this Clark Atlanta hire. So before we even do the pleasantry, let's just get to the gusto. What are your thoughts on this? Before Professor? we even, before I even do that, I'm going to also echo Charles' telling uh, the great doctor happy birthday, number one. Num- number, two, number two, great hire, man. That is a great 
hired by uh by Clark Atlanta. And I don't know why there's an image over my face right now. I'm glad it disappeared. <laughs> but uh yeah, look, Willie Slater is class personified when it comes, especially when it comes to this uh this coaching genre. Man, 65 years old. I've known the man for the 16 years he was at Tuskegee University. Never once have I heard a four or five letter word come out this man's mouth. That's a testament to the type of man, type of character that he is. Now, he he, he could say what he has to say with emotion without using those uh those type of words. So uh Clark Atlanta, you have gotten yourself a gym. I hope Clark is on the Tuskegee schedule. Mm. I haven't I haven't yeah. looked at date to see if Clark is on the Tuskegee schedule this year as uh, our uh, annual crossover game is always with Morehouse. So we know Morehouse is on the schedule every year. So, uh, man, the... SIAC East just raised the bar even higher. I mean, you've already got uh, Albany State, who's been the uh, kings of the SIACs for the last couple of years. Going to be interested to see what Savannah State has uh, when they finalize their hire, because they're still uh, working on the interim coach. Benedict is Benedict. Uh, Benedict is a team you could never count out, but you, you don't know what you're gonna which year they're gonna be good, which year they're gonna they're gonna be bad. Morehouse, I mean, Coach, Coach Sims over there, at Morehouse is uh, and Coach Freeman is over there, at Morehouse is always going to be competitive. That now you just raised the level of their AUC brethren, Clark Atlanta. I mean, it's going to be fun uh in the SIAC East. And you got new Edward Waters coming in. And you got Sean Gibbs uh, coming over to Fort Valley State uh, from uh, North Carolina A&T. So uh, that yes, was a huge yes. hire on yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and we talked about this uh, yes, uh, yesterday on Tuesday show, Charles, and before I mm-hmm. turn it back over to Doc. Today is Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. And we got this news. In enough time where we can put it on our show? It's not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a Friday news dump. <laughs> yeah, Clark Atlanta, Clark Atlanta understood this assignment. Like, like we got a, a nice hire here. We're going to make sure the people know about it and get time to talk about it. That's interesting. But this I think hit me before lunchtime today. I got it at 10 o'clock Eastern time when I got word of the hire. So not only was this not a Friday news dump, this was a midday news story. Clark at that. Yes. Yeah. And they actually snuck it out a little bit. They even prepping people for it that they were excited about it. So kudos to Clark Atlanta for being right and understanding assignment. But to a bigger point, uh, and the commissioner, SIEC, you know, he was excited in a lot of ways. He snuck out and gave me a couple of uh, texts in terms of what's going on in the SIEC. And you're right on it. That East division, Whew. Now, I know it's on paper and we got to see how things look, but in terms of the coaches, whether they're new people that have been on historic programs, North Carolina A&T, or historic coach themselves, uh, programs that are already doing well in terms of their trajectory, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's the, we thought the SWAC had it going on in regards to the coaching depth of those teams and what was going on 
recruiting. And obviously, deservedly so in a lot of ways, they continue to get the limelight. But just those that are really intrigued about the football nuances and the coaches and the names of what we've seen, SIC can at least uh, come sit at the table, I believe, and have half a meaningful the, discussion. Half the conference, because the Western half is probably up for grabs right now. You would have to say <laughs> Lane would be the No, I was speaking. That's why I said I was specifically talking about that at East. Yeah, because mm. the West is up for grabs right now. Lane would yeah, be the yeah. we're, we're, favorite. We're Lane is the only team that has a, a returning coach this year. Think about yeah, it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the West when we get to the season. They, they, <laughs> they, they not it's not there yet. Not there yet. With that being said, we basically got through the coaching hires and a lot of stipends there. I wanted to go in here. What are your thoughts in terms of the baseball? I know it's early. We're still in basketball mode. But, you know, in a lot of ways, baseball to some programs in the SWAC are bigger than what you see in terms of some of the basketball. We're going to mm-hmm. take a deep dive in basketball, so we'll get our chance to do that. But in terms of the news, uh, there was a release in terms of uh, what you consider uh, the baseball release for the SWAC and let you know how big that was. You know, it, it looks like we're getting a little bit about some of that old SWAC energy with the predicted mm-hmm. order of finish being Jackson State and Southern. <clears throat> Back to that old business. Now, some other folks going to have some saying this, but uh, to the point, they released the baseball predicted standings. Uh, and this includes the new Rokers into the business out of the Florida. Sam, you and Bethune-Cookman, proud baseball programs in themselves. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Jackson State, starting in the East Division, first place with 89 point, total points, eight first place points. Behind them is Alabama State. Fam, you third, but Thule Cookman fourth to let you know how deep that division is. This team, last couple of years, they will finish first in the MEAC. Alabama a and fifth and Valley sixth. You go over to the West, and you see Southern tally 11 first place votes with 98 points. Number two is Gramlin, new coach over there. That's an interesting pick. Prairie that finished first last year in the COVID year. They're right. third. And Texas Southern, a power broker in a lot of this. They're all the way picked the fourth. You know, I know Coach <laughs> Robinson over there is like, yeah, we'll Chomping. take that. He, he just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll take that. Uh, you have Arkansas Pine Buds fifth, and then you move Alcorn State over to the west, and they're filling that punch now because they picked sixth in the west. Just let you know how we think about baseball in the west division. Notice said I, we. <laughs> uh, let me go to you first, Charles, and then we'll backtrack and see if AD has any thoughts on that. I mean, uh, when you stop and take a look at uh, the SWAC East, uh, Jackson State went undefeated in conference play last year, and they're bringing back uh, the meat and potatoes of that team. Uh, but you have Alabama State with nine all-conference selections. Uh, and then you throw in the mix, FAMU and Bethune-Cookman with their uh, uh, proud tradition. They've won championships over there in the MEAC. Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun baseball season. And as always, Dr. DeVille, it comes down to who has those arms, who has those midweek arms that can keep those weekend arms fresh. Do you have a bullpen? Do you have somebody that can put out the fire in the ninth inning? That's what it all comes down to. Uh, Jackson State uh, was almost able to pull it all the way off last year. You take your hat off to Southern in one of the most exciting baseball games uh, that we've seen in years uh, with Southern knocking off Jackson State uh, in the SWAC championship game. But uh, you're talking about Ty Hill. You're going to see some guys 
uh, that are going to have some, and Brendan Puller, uh, Brian Puller, I should say, that are going to have some uh, great opportunities to play on the next level. Yeah, great point. Michael Ford said, which baseball programs are bigger than the Hoops? Um, Ooh. Ooh. I think right now, I think <laughs> right now, you can argue for a while now that Southern's baseball is bigger than what they've done in basketball. Now, if you go back in history, people are going to challenge you on that. I'm talking about over the last 20 years. Baseball has been extremely prominent uh, at Southern University and carried a lot of weight and certainly was on the level of basketball. And I would say over the last 10 years, maybe 20, that's a past sneak in there, maybe Jackson State. They kind of raised the cream in terms of basketball last year. And obviously you go back and they'll take anybody, you know, one-on-one in terms of their basketball history. But in terms of the interest and teams that have been successful, I would talk about Jackson State. Yeah. Uh, FAMU was new to it, but I would even put FAMU in there in terms of the reverberations of their baseball program. Now the basketball team is getting up there and they're making a run in the squack. And over the last couple of years, they revived the men's basketball program. Uh, but baseball over the last 10 years, for sure, has been solid. So uh, don't get it twisted in the SWAC. Baseball is serious. They take it real serious here. Now, whether it may be over basketball, you can argue, obviously, Texas Southern basketball, I would argue, is even bigger than football in terms of historically and uh, the current market in terms of what you do. Uh, Prairie View football is still big, but in terms of the last 10 years, the fan base of what that basketball program has done the last five years, to some degree the last 10 Basketball on the men's side is big, and previous that, the women's side of basketball was rolling at Prairie View, winning five consecutive championships with different coaches. And people would pack that arena to support those programs. So it's unique. It really goes program to program. And I try to tell folks when you look at conferences and and start really looking at sports, uh, you really look at the nuances and see where a program is at a given period of time and what's big. And in the SWAC, baseball uh, takes a backseat to no one uh, in terms of what they believe their program is. Uh, any thoughts on that, Drew, before we go to this break? I challenge you to go down to Daytona, Florida, where you were just at uh, this past uh, weekend at Daytona Beach, Florida, and tell them that their baseball program is not uh, king of the hills down there in Daytona Beach, Florida. <laughs> right, and I saw Cookman. that facility, and it's nice, the city facility. And Jackie Robinson uh, Brick uh, Wall, Jackie Robinson the historic framework of the name of the stadium itself and what they've been able to do. Yeah. You're exactly right. I uh, in terms you. of what the problems yeah. are doing. Yeah. Great point. And a uh, quick thing. Uh, You've talked about the all SWAC conference members, conference team members. Everybody has to remember these selections are skewed because Florida A&M and Bethune were not, eligible to be on the preseason teams because they were not members of the SWAC last year. And the way it works is if you were on the postseason team last year, you're automatically on the preseason team, assuming that you're back at your institution and that you are eligible to play at that institution. Obviously, there was only one slot available, which Florida A&M picked up that one slot that was available. And Bethune uh, didn't pick it up, but Let's be real. You only see one Rattler and no Wildcats on the on the uh, All Swag team. I guarantee you, in June you will not see only one Rattler 
and no wild card on the (laughs) all spack team. So everybody keep that in mind. You don't know what these newcomers have. I know what they have because I've seen them. But y'all two don't know what y'all there for. That's all I'm going to say on that. No, we stuck the picture and we understand. (laughs) We keep up with baseball because it's interesting to sweat. So we like to see over the fence and see what doing over there. We know that's baseball played in the back, always, particularly in the state of Florida. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah and, and to your point, certainly Alabama State, they played. They've been midweek games and some of them put up some series. They've been non-conference series. But they played in a couple of matchups because the interest is there. So to your point, yeah. I think at the end of the season, it'll change. One thing before we go to this break, I wanted to point out. Thaddeus Reese said, I would like to see more East and West games in baseball. To your point, the coaches are really looking at that. And don't be surprised next year when the schedule comes out that you may see some crossover. They are seriously considering that. They're trying to look at the travel components of that and what that looks like. But baseball coaches want this too. They'll see if they can get it approved by the ADs. If it gets ratified the ADs, then obviously the presidents have to ratify it. Usually if the ADs ratified, the presidents go with it. Uh, but that's the key to see if they can get ratified in terms of um, the ADs, VPs of athletics, as I like to call them now. With that being said, stick with this great discussion coming into the show tonight. Let's get into the second quarter and we'll get back to some of that basketball. We got some big games this week. We have first place on the line in a lot of ways. Top teams are facing off. And it is in the state of Texas. So we'll come back and give you some of that information. But we're going to step outside of the SWAC before we do that and come back with some basketball across the country in terms of HBCU sports. With that, it's Dr. Cavill inside HBCU sports. Professor Bishop, Professor Drew, we'll be right back after this quick break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports That's right, y'all. The Black College Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black College World Series returns. May 11th through 15th to a place where so much black history has been made. Montgomery, Alabama to the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard and Black College Championships LLC is here to answer the call. No longer will the pole determine our champion as the top baseball teams from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy. Class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. 
Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. <laughs> The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Vic Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We're gonna go into the Big South, and as we start things off, you actually have North Carolina A&T playing now, and they are beating up on Presbyterian uh, Blue Holes in terms on the women's side. They did have the last game, which was a loss. But they have run off five, six games previous to that and have got back into the winning side of things, still deep buried in the conference. But the women's side of the Aggies are playing much better basketball, and they're leading in the third quarter, 60 through 35 over the Blue Holes, as we said. When you talk about some of those matchups they did, uh, this this past week um, in terms of them leading into the game. It's going to be fascinating because they had a game on Saturday uh, where they take on Presbyterian again. Uh, this time they'll be on the road as this game is at, at home. Fascinating when you talk about uh, back-to-back games, if you would, against opponents and all that mm-hmm. is carrying on. And then you got Hampton. Uh, they are winning over UNC Asheville. Again, in terms of the standings, you have North Carolina – they're 3.5 games back, sitting at seven and five. You have Hampton right behind them at four and five, but they are five games back. So um, behind actually five teams ahead of them in the middle of the pack, playing good basketball. Uh, but they started off so much behind the curve, they're still trying to figure it out. Um, they got a ways to go if they're going to catch up to uh, Campbell or South Carolina Upstate that lead the conference at 11 and two and 10 and two, respectively. Uh, Charles, any thoughts in terms of North Carolina A&T basketball? Can they get it done? Can they turn things around again? Just 3.5 games back, uh, but you don't have many games uh, to catch up in terms of getting yeah. it done. Yeah, well, turn, turning that around uh, means taking care of business on those teams that are underneath you. And, and that's uh, uh, what you have with Presbyterian. And then also with Hampton uh, taking on uh, UNC uh, Asheville. So uh, you got to make hay against those teams that are underneath you. So you can just kind of build that momentum. You have that um, that uh, confidence going into those uh, games, with those teams that are uh, at the top of the standings, the Camels, the South Carolina Upstates, the Longwood. So uh, it's good that a and has the ball rolling in the right direction, only three and a half back. Yeah, that's the challenge when you, when you come and you move out of these conferences and you may not be used to the style of play um, 
and those kind of things. You know, they were at the top of the MEAC in terms of last couple of years making runs at it, but now mm -hmm. they're in the middle of the pack. And in terms of you having the interest of your fan base, it's going to be interesting to see how that moves on because you have to be able to find a way to win. Uh, one, obviously, that drives fans, period. But when you talk about new people and different interests, you really have to have some wins to recreate these new robberies, if you would, because they just don't exist. With that being said, Drew, um, you see that with Tennessee State down to Murray State, 45 to 30, uh, just coming to the half, when you look at the OVC play in terms of Tennessee State women, uh, they started off really well, but they lost two straight. They're losing in this matchup. They're just at 500 in the conference race at 6-6, six and six, 11 and 12 overall. Struggling a bit of late, uh, but they find themselves also in the middle of the pack. They're four games back of a Belmont Bruins that is 10 and 2. Behind them is Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles at 9 and 3. So they have a ways to go as they start to prepare to see if they can make a run in the OVC tournament. What are your thoughts in terms of Tennessee State uh, basketball on the women's side? Look, Dr. Gavia, and this, this goes through for North Carolina A&T, Hampton, Tennessee State, and any HBCU. That's one simple formula if you want to be competitive and be one of those top two or three teams in any conference. You got to do 80% at the house and a minimum of 50% on the road. None of these teams that we're mm -hmm. talking about are, 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 is doing that. So if you can't do that, then – you you really don't have a have a shot to position yourself to win your conference. Eighty percent of your of your conference home games you need to win. Minimum fifty percent on the road, preferably two every two out of three on the road. If you win two out of three on the road and and uh, eighty percent at home, you're probably going to be in first and second place. Good point. Let's jump to the men, and I believe you can say that there too, but ain't. And T got a win yesterday over Charleston, 62 to 51. Uh, but Hampton continues to struggle as they lost to UNC Asheville, 69 to 53. Uh, in terms of those Saturday games, you will see Hampton host Radford, and you'll have North Carolina AT hosting Longwood. That's a Longwood that's at the top of the conference when you talk about on the men's side. They're undefeated in conference play. Can North Carolina AT? knock off Longwood that is currently undefeated. That would be a statement going into the conference tournament, but they're just four and six are feeling good after a win, stopping that uh, losing streak uh, as they had going in a lot of ways. Uh, Hampton Pirates sit at three and eight in terms of what they're doing uh, in the conference race. So uh, I don't know. Interesting matchup. Sticking with you, Drew, any thoughts in terms of what's going on in the big stuff there? But once again, when you look at the men, the men, they're doing what they're supposed to at home, under 500 on the road. So mm. <laughs> wicked. They, they won six out of eight at, at home. So got, got to uh, see that consistency both home and away. And what's the one thing, no matter what sport it is, that travels when you go on the road? Defense. So they've got to pick it up on the defensive, on the defensive side so that they can compete in their conference. Yeah, I'm going to jump over to the OVC for you, Charles. Tennessee State, your favorite opponent in a lot of ways on the football side, but this is on the hardwood. Uh, maybe we should get a classic in terms of Tennessee State and Jackson State in basketball. Uh, we, we can see something. <laughs> My fault. Ah, what's, what's going on? Uh, different sport. With that being said, yeah, Tennessee State, 
they did win the last game. They said it five or seven, 10 or 14 overall, uh, but they're still trying to find their way and just can't quite get it done in a lot of ways, if you would. Their last win was Saturday, 69 to 61 over UT Martin. Uh, but currently, uh, they play Murray State tonight. Murray State is number 23, top 25 Murray State now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 22 and 2 overall. <laughs> That's one of those programs that is leaving the conference to go into the Missouri Valley. Um, so those top brands in terms of Belmont, Murray State, that Tennessee State could be at least feel good about being in the same conference with and kind of chase them. Uh, they're moving out and they're doing what they've done over the years. Murray State is 12 and 0. So we got another chance for HBCU to knock off a conference undefeated team. Do you think the men can do it in Tennessee State? Uh, it's going to be a tall order to knock off uh, Murray State, uh, 12 and 0 in conference and nationally ranked. Yeah, that's, that, that's asking quite a bit of my Tennessee State Tigers, but uh, are they, they're hosting them, correct? Yes, they are hosting. They are hey. hosting. Anything can happen in the Gentry Center, so let's see what happens. Yeah, that's big, the thing. It is big in bucks. the Gentry Center. Big bucks, no whammies. Let's see. Let's, let's see what they got. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's go back to you, Professor Drew. Uh, Charles out here throwing the whammy. <laughs> and <see>. stop. <laughs> yeah, give me some love on some of these mid-major programs. Any programs with some big games this week? Uh, we won't necessarily go into the seedings. We did that this past week, uh, and you're getting ready to get into the tournament time. But I want to know, what are some big matches before we get into the CIAA SIAC tournaments? Man, on the men and the women's side in the SIAC, Tuskegee and Miles, uh, on the men's side, Miles is in first place, Tuskegee is in second place. On the women's side, flip the script. Tuskegee is in first place, and Miles is in second place. So that's going to be a, a good battle up there at Fairfield, Alabama. So uh, de- definitely uh, one that you want to look out for. And if you want to look ahead to Monday in the SIAC, uh, Benedict, Savannah State on the women's side. Savannah State had an upset loss earlier this week. Uh, excuse me, not Savannah State. Benedict uh, was upset earlier this week. So... That's going to be important for Benedict to pick up their game against Savannah State if they want to stay in the hunt to win the East. Uh, so that's that's going to be your matchup in the SIAC. Flip it over to the CIAA. You've got Virginia Union and Lincoln PA playing this Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> Top two in the uh Top two on the east in the, in the east in the north of the CIAA. But if you want to flip over to the South Charles, I give you Fayetteville State and Winston Salem on the south side. So okay. pick pick one of them. CIAA will be hot and heavy this weekend. Also, great points you made there. Uh, G Boom Holly wants you all to know the OVC is also gained a new school. Yes, some school out of Indiana Division Two. I'm not even excited about that, so I'm gonna leave that right there. But are they it, HBCU? Y'all want to know? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got you. With that being said, this is Doctor inside the HBCU. Thank you, Professor Drew, for dropping that knowledge. We'll be right back after the break, and we'll get into some MEAC action. It's heating up on that side of the barn as well. We'll be right back after this break as we get into the third quarter. It's halftime.
Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean, get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? That's right, y'all. The Black Collar Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black Collar World Series return, May 11th through 15th, to a place where so much black history has been made. Montgomery, Alabama, to the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium, downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard. And Black College Championships LLC is here to answer the call. No longer will the poll determine our champion as the top baseball team from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Alright. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab with Professor Bishop and Professor Drew. We're getting into it now, into the MEAC. Uh, not highlighted matchups this weekend, but people are starting to separate themselves. Good teams are still playing good basketball, uh, intriguing matchups. Last week, you know, you had Norfolk State make a statement. They beat Delaware State 102 to 36. Let me say that again, 102 to 36. That looked like one of those victories like Jackson State did to Damn you or something over there. I don't know why y'all want to do folks like this. Uh, I mean, what is this about? Hey, let's, pledge, hold up. And, and let's pledge that's pledging that's welcoming you into the poll welcoming you into the sweat <laughs> hey, hey, hey doc if that score is 102 hey. to 34 then they would have tripled them up <laughs> exactly literally oh wow that being said Norfolk State is uh just keeps rolling they've won six straight obviously conference games so they're six and oh Howard Bison five and two 
uh, won their last game. They've kind of got tripped up a couple of times after winning last year. So be fascinating to see what goes on there. They're tied with Cotton State at five and two. So both of those teams are a game and a half back. Um, so it's fascinating. You have Morgan State Lady Bears with just two losses at three and two. So those are some of the things that are happening there. In terms of the matchups, though, you're seeing that's coming up Saturday, Delaware State at Howard, South Carolina State at Coppin. It's probably the game that you're going to keep your eyes on the most. You got North Carolina Central at Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore at Norfolk State. And on Monday, obviously, flip North Carolina Central at Coppin State, South Carolina State at Morgan State, Howard at Maryland Eastern Shore, and Norfolk State at Delaware State. Man, that's a game that could get scary again. This time, though, Delaware State's at home. Maybe a little magic. They can get the upset since we're talking about these teams. On the- no, never mind. <laughs> Let's keep rolling. Here we go. Charles got to look over his face. And it'll be hard for him to talk about this. What are your thoughts in terms of Miak on the women's side? Any matchup, any uh, comments that you have in terms of what's going on uh, this week in Miak? Yeah. I'm trying to actually have some dialogue about this and I give you a one word answer because that one word answer would be no. Uh, like you said, some kind of state copping. I mean, when you, even when you uh, fast forward to Monday's schedule, you know, none of the games really excite me on the women's side. South Carolina State Morgan on Monday, only if South Carolina State wins on Saturday, am I even looking forward to that Monday game? So, it's kind of this weekend right. with the schedule and the BAC on the women's side is kind of that dud weekend that you get every now and then with uh with the conference schedules. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, this is take care of business weekend, uh, for some of those things. But I will say this the interesting thing about South Carolina State and Compensate, Compensate has lost two games at home. So, and that was one of the things I was just kind of taking a look at with regards to uh everybody's home schedule and listening to what you were saying about as far as the 80-20. Uh, even the top four teams in the conference, they've all lost uh, two games at least at home. Uh, only Morgan State has only lost one game at home. So that's just kind of an interesting little back to it. Let's jump to the men's side then, uh, where it may get a little bit interesting. You already had North Carolina Central winning the game on Wednesday. I guess they just want to stay in the game shape as you going in and out of this COVID and you want to just keep things going. But if you get into it, uh, Norfolk State is 6-1. and one. North Carolina Central, after they had that big win on Saturday, they had a tough loss on Monday. So they fall to four and two. Cobb State at four and three. The South Carolina State Bulldogs had had a big win, but they're just at four and three. So North Carolina Central, although they had that win and have the head to head tiebreaker there, a game and a half back. And your top three teams in the MEAC actually are coming off of losses. Uh, and then you get into South Carolina Howard uh, and Maryland Eastern Shore, who actually have. Uh, won a couple of games, South Carolina State two straight, and Howard Bison are back in the business winning three straight games after uh, that tough start start at one and three. They're now at four and three. So let's get back into some of these matchups so you can see what your thoughts on this Saturday and Monday become. You have North Carolina Central at Morgan State, South Carolina State at Coppin, Delaware State at Howard, Maryland Eastern Shore at Norfolk State. And then it flips on Monday, so you have South Carolina State at Morgan, North Carolina Central and Coppin State, Howard and Maryland Eastern Shore, and Norfolk State at Delaware State. Let's go with you, Charles. What are your thoughts on the men's side of the MEAC? Anything stand out? Got your attention this week? North Carolina Central and Morgan State uh, on Saturday uh, is one that kind of uh, to keep an eye on for me on uh, North Carolina Central. Uh, big win. 
and then they followed up with a loss. So uh, where's the consistency that you're going to get with North Carolina Central? It'll be a tough test, I think, when you go into Baltimore this weekend with Morgan State. So that's one that I'm keeping an eye on this weekend. I think Norfolk State is just rolling right along. They do have that loss out there, but I think they're the most consistent team in, in, over there to be at. Mike says uh, win big, lose worse. That's essentially what he said. It's talking about yeah. North Carolina Central. He getting in here, getting a shout out. Uh, Professor Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of the MEAC on the men's side? I, I, I want to follow South Carolina State this weekend and see what they do. South Carolina State can play themselves into the race. Uh, got a glut of teams at four and two, four and three ish in the uh, MEAC. South Carolina State is. A team they take care of two teams that are could take possibly take care of two teams that are tied with them and separate themselves from the pack and get on the heels of a of a North Carolina a, a Norfolk state, especially if uh central happens to get a split this weekend. South Carolina state takes care of business, they could kind of put a gap between them and the rest of the pack. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. That's very intriguing and interesting when you talk about that. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Paul Quinn. They're 18-1 in overall, 7-1. And I know you do this and you provide good love in terms of that. But I thought I'd give a little shine. Paul Quinn College, uh, the Tigers up there, obviously not eligible for postseason for those who don't know, but they've won uh, three straight after a tough loss. But they sit at 18-1, and one, playing some good basketball in the Dallas area. So you're up there and you want to get your HBCU fixed. Check out Paul Quinn, nice updated arena. Uh, that floor is one that you certainly got to put your eyes on and purpose if you can. Check them out in terms of what's going on over there. Obviously, Xavier that has moved over from the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference into the Red River is sitting in second place in what they call the East Division. Uh, they've won five straight games to get themselves back in the race at 16-4 and four overall, 7-3. and three. So that's some of your NIA updates in terms of what's going on uh, with those teams over there. Uh, and can I throw, give a little anything on the Gold Coast Athletic Conference, uh, Professor Drew, that you want to shout out there? Or no, but the NIA I, programs? The, the ones I want to shout out are the ones in the Southern States uh, Conference. That's where Talladega yep. and Steelman sit. And That was uh, a big matchup. Didn't somebody get upset on that? Uh, Steelman upset uh, Talladega uh, Last week, matter of fact, one week ago today, it was last Thursday when Steelman upset uh, Talladega at home. Both these teams play Loyola on on Saturday, Monday. Talladega gets them first on Saturday. Uh, Steelman gets them on Monday. If you know anything about that Loyola program, they are a top five program in the nation. So uh, these teams will definitely earn their stripes this weekend if the if uh if these teams are happy to beat Loyola and be able to really fortify themselves on the national stage, especially Talladega, with them already being a top a top ten program right now. A victory against Loyola would definitely fortify them into the uh into the top five and keep them in the top five after that loss that they had to steal with. Yeah, good point. When you talk about what's going on there, shout out to Gulf Coast Athletic Conference as they played a tournament in Little Rock. That's February 25th, 27th. It'll be interesting to see who gets crowned there. With that being said, let's go to our break and we'll come back to the SWAC. Big matchups, as it says, tease out the big matchups coming this week. And I think it's going to be an H&P Arena right here in Houston, Texas, where the TV lights will be on Saturday. 
We'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. Getting into the fourth quarter, let's bring it strong because it should be interesting. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. That's right, y'all. The Black Collar Baseball Championship Series is back. The Black Collar World Series return, May 11th through 15th, to a place where so much black history has been made, Montgomery, Alabama, to the home of the Montgomery Biscuit. That's right. Riverwalk Stadium, downtown Montgomery, Alabama. The cries have been heard, and Black College Championships LLC is here to answer the call. No longer will the poll determine our champion as the top baseball teams from NCAA Division II and NAIA meet on the field for Black College Baseball Supremacy. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love you, and who the So listen to Professor Yes Sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Randolph, got the runner start, gives it to Stevens, BAM! Three point. Steven knocks it down. How yeah, about um, that, Doc? Um, yeah, I know. I know you feel good. I know you feel good. I had to show that to Professor Drew. Uh, he, he let me know that I hadn't really shouted out everybody, so it seemed just appropriate to make sure that video and give a shout out to Jerome G. Sutton. Family out there, give him some love, man. That was a dagger. I was. Dayton getting ready from a game, but then we're in the campus. I think I'm rolling around, 
watching them women game. I, I, I glazed back in the phone. I think it was 11-point lead or something like that. I'm understanding the balloon is 16. I was like, oh, yeah, we're in good shape. I look at back at the, the score after I'm checking the different things because I check it regularly so I can kind of get a pulse of the game when we get prepared to talk about the week. You know, I can kind of give some insights, uh, flows of the game, and I'm not just looking at the final score. Oftentimes I had a video on so I can watch the game. So I'm watching this and I look back and it's like one point. So then I was like, oh, I got to watch this. So I turn on it. So I actually see this. I'm in the thing and everybody else. And I think Texas Southern makes a good dunk and everybody's cheering. And I'm like this. And I look and I'm like, <laughs> it, did, it didn't look good. And the president looks at me like, what's wrong with you? I don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mike Washington. He's on the plane, but he's at least checking us up. Edwin Dwight Moore gives a shout out. Go PQ. Talking about Paul Quinn, Reginald Johnson in the house, in the building. Jake Mack says, what's up, fellas? G Boom Holly, you know, he's always uh, getting it done for a shot clock area, as he likes to call it. Bobby Knight in the building. Who else we got in here? Shout out some folks that are taking time to check us out. My, Appreciate my the cousin Bobby Knight. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Who is that? My cousin Bobby Knight. Shout Bobby Knight, to, shout, shout out to, 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 to the McKinnis family reunion. Shout there out to Obama. Yeah, don't eat all the food up there next time. Because <laughs> you know, told me not to say Arby Parker in here. Who else we got in here? Dewan Woodard, Kimberly Runnels. Appreciate you. Ricky Burton in here. Chuck Hunt, Thomas White Jr. checking us out. Michael Knox, man. Thaddeus Reed. Keith Martin, I see you. I see you. The lab listeners are in the building. Shout out to Kevin Crawford. The rattlers, man, I tell you, man, I thought I was going to come to Florida and just take a Texas two-step all the way. Not to be, thank goodness, uh, I'm also associated with Texas University because they got it done, which means we got a big weekend in the SWAC this weekend. Charles, what's your thoughts on? Yeah, I was up with Thune Cookman atmosphere down there, um, uh, that gymnasium down there for the Texas Summer Man, I might have to put up a couple of videos it is okay. a bomb it reminds you of those small games um those are the historians of hbc basketball and remember playing in those match box old gym junior high high school stadiums that's what they had but they bring the energy in there and essentially they put the students in the upper sections they have some uh bucket seats were for the alumni come in and visitors guests and they put a couple of students in there uh, sporting team students that get that section, but they're really riled up. And then they have the band that comes in and the, the vibe that they have with the band and the DJ is not quite like any other. I've seen many schools that do the bands um, and uh, they do the DJs and it really is good, but I've never seen as much of a mix between the two where you can tell the synergy, maybe even practice in terms of what's going on in the orchestration there. And you can tell it really pumps up this team. Texas Southern had an 18-point at halftime as they got into it. But you can see uh, that in a lot of ways they were paying attention to the fans. They're all on you, so they rallied. Think about FAMU with the keychains when they were going back with Coach Petaway in those days when they were giving you heartache and problems, obviously. Uh, even Grambling before they built their new stadium. So that's, that's the gift and the curse. Obviously, you got to stay the amenities and you need the new uh, to help with recruiting. But sometimes you grill those bigger barns and you just don't have an intimate act atmosphere. So it's fascinating when you see Bethune Cookman because you really feel like you're going in a time warp and it takes you back to those NEI games. If you had any chance to see any of those, uh, talking about Paul Quinn, uh, Texas College, 
uh, Xavier, those games, even the CIAA SIEC, they have some really nice tight gyms, especially the private HBCUs. When you get in there and you feel an energy like, like none other, that's when you get the Bethune-Cookman. And I would say it's probably worth eight to ten points in that okay. gymnasium. Okay. Uh, in terms of that, if you're not careful and, and you allow yourself to get riled up, and that's where they got a couple of victories because they're not quite as talented as they probably would be when the transition of coaches. Uh, but when they play at home, it's a different vibe and different energy. So I appreciate you uh, checking out and asking that question. Let's get into the women's side of things on the SWAC. Obviously, we know with Jackson State, they continue to do it. They even win in despite the fact that the guard was out injured. The games have been a little closer, but they find a way to get wins. And a lot of times they're still getting the double-digit wins, but they go from winning by 20-plus to now just like a 10-plus. So it's interesting in terms of that dynamic of how talented you are with a team that you can have a player set out. You're still winning, and we're talking about a close game being plus 10. Uh, that's amazing to me when you talk about what's going on with the Jackson State. Um, Southern is behind them. They had that chance against Jackson State, couldn't get it done. But they still are sitting pretty solid in terms of what they're getting uh, done in the conference, sitting at eight and three. They had that last loss, which surprised a lot of anyway. So even more separation when you see Jackson State at 11 and 0. Um, so you got to watch out if you're Southern because now you got Grandland State Lady Tigers sitting at seven and four, Alabama State Lady Hornets quietly have won a couple of games and sit at seven and four right behind them, nipping on the heels. And even behind that, you have Arkansas Pine Bluff at six and five, Texas Southern at six and five, Prairie View at six and five. And Alabama A&M is 6-5, and five, so you have a lot of teams out of it. You pretty much have FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, Mississippi Valley, 2-8, and 2-8, 2-9, and, and then Alcorn State Lady Braves sit at 1-8. Those teams are so far back, they're probably going to be your four teams out of the tournament. I can't see them making a run. They're still technically still in it, but you can see that the top eight are pretty much in the mix in terms of who's going to make the tournament. Uh, but now you're talking about seeding, so it'll be interesting when you talk about this week uh, because these are the matchups. Grambling at Texas Southern on women's side and men's side. We'll talk a little more about the men's side. Both of these games will be on television, NBA TV. Texas Southern, it'll be interesting to see what this crowd like. It's usually pretty good, but they've done a lot of marketing uh, both to on campus and off campus. So it's going to be fascinating to see if that helps anything even more with the attendance. Bethune-Cookman at Alcorn State, Arkansas Pine Alabama State, Mississippi Valley at Alabama A&M, Southern at Prairie View. Fam, you at Jackson State, you know, that's a rivalry on the football, rivalry in volleyball. Is it anything on women's basketball? I'm not sure about that one yet, but we'll get a chance to at least talk about it. It could be interesting. I think the game, as we said, with Thune Cookman, Alcorn, somebody gets a chance to get a win and feel good about themselves. But Thune Cookman got that upset over Texas Southern. So, will it make a difference when they hit the road? Let me start with you, AD Drew. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of the women's side of the SWAC with these matchups? Obviously, on Monday, they flip Southern Texas Southern, Mississippi Valley, Alabama State, Bethune, Cookman, Jack State, Brown, and Prairie View, FAMU, Alcorn. Saturday or Monday, which games are you looking at, Professor Drew? Look, everybody playing for second place in the SWAC right now when it comes to the women's side. Jackson State is going to clear is a clear number one unless Jackson State gets on a tremendously Bad streak with uh, injuries and COVID. I don't see Jackson State losing that number one, losing the number one seed. So right now, everybody's playing to avoid. First of all, that that number eight slot. If you're in that number eight slot, 
please do not make hotel reservations in Birmingham because you probably won't be there uh, past game time if you have to play Jackson State in the first round. But the game that I'm uh, interested with, the team I'm going to really be interested in following this weekend is going to be uh, UAPB as they make that uh, Alabama swing. There we go. And UAPB, once again, can, can position themselves in a good spot for the remainder of the season with a sweep on this Alabama swing, or they could, they could push themselves down and possibly be a first round opponent for Jackson state with a bad weekend uh, on that uh, Alabama swing. Charles, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? The, you know, now you know, I thought you brought it up, but you know, I believe Jackson state, I mean, obviously the term is you want, but I guess the question I have for you, verbally last year, they had that tough loss to Alabama State. They kind of pushed yeah. it a little bit. Um, yeah. They finally get it done because Alabama State had two, so they got the luxury of winning the regular season. I think it made a difference in the tournament. Is there such thing as you hear that proverbial saying, a good loss? Is, is that real? Uh, I, I, obviously, coaches want to push. Yeah, I, I think it can refocus you, but I think those refocus games have already happened with Jackson State. I thought Southern mm. did a great job of pushing them at home. Uh, and mind you, uh, this was with uh, Deja Rogan out. Uh, she came back this past Monday against uh, UAPB. But UAPB played this team very, very tough for three quarters, uh, midway through the fourth quarter, and Jackson State kind of pull, uh, stretched out at the end. So this is the this is the swag women's side that I've been waiting to see. I've been waiting to see UAPB make their push. I've been waiting for an upset like Alabama State at Southern. That was huge uh, this past Monday night. Monday night, weird things happen. Uh, but this is the Alabama State team that I was expecting to see. So now I think things are starting to get a little bit more interesting. And the gulf uh, that Jackson State had separated out at the beginning of the season, I think it's kind of coming in just a little bit as we get towards sweat turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. Let's get into the men's side of things. Just be fascinating here when you talk about the fact you have Southern. They have won three straight games. Losses. They sit at nine and two. Behind them is Texas Southern that has won the game. Grambling State Tigers have won uh, a game at the three. Alcorn State won two games. They sit in eight and three. Uh, FAMU was on a win streak of seven. Texas Southern stopped that, but then they bounced back and got that three at the buzzer we showed you at the beginning of this fourth quarter, if you would. Um, and so they sit at eight and three. So this is a big weekend for some of these matchups when you talk about the fact that you have Grambling State Southern. That is an NBA TV game, as you talked about, as I talked about earlier. Uh, you have Grambling coming in overall at 10 and 13. Texas Southern is 10 and 10 at the 500 most. Mark, both teams are 8 and 3. If you're Texas Southern, you want that game because then Monday becomes a, becomes a game for first place, right? Mm. In terms of that matchup, obviously you have the differential in terms of seeding, in terms of the amount that you might want to win the game. But the first thing is to get the game. Grambling, obviously, they want to win because they want to keep pace and have the showdown when they play Southern the next time to make sure they have a chance to have the uh, first place on the line. So it's fascinating matchups. You also have Bethune-Cookman at Alcorn State. Bethune-Cookman obviously got that uh, win against Prairie View, but the tough loss against Texas Southern they hit the road. They got a chance to make a statement against Alcorn that's sitting at 8-3. Mississippi Valley State and Alabama A&M. Um, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Alabama State. These are teams now jockeying for seating. It's coming a little closer 
in terms of those teams looking at trying to be the seventh, eighth uh, seed in there in terms of that last weekend and going to the tournament. So it's fascinating. Southern at Prairie View. Prairie View is in desperation. Two tough losses on the road. Uh, they got to find a way to get a win, but they playing very tough teams, as we said, uh, nine and two Southern team, and then an eight and three uh, Grambling team. So it's fascinating to see what goes on there. On the men's side, you have FAMU at Jackson State. FAMU is trying to keep course to make sure they put themselves in a position. They're still in striking distance to get the regular season win. You talking about the first year in the conference on the men's side? If you can get a championship, whether it's co-championship or outright championship, that's a statement for your basketball program. So, you know, they're looking down the best. And that three-point at the end of the game gave them some life after that tough loss to Texas Southern when they had everything on the line to try to get that victory. So those are some intriguing matchups, as you said. It flips on Monday uh, with Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Alabama, A&M, Southern and Texas Southern, Bethune-Cookman at Jackson State, Grambling and Prairie View, FAMU at Alcorn, Mississippi Valley at Alabama State. Let me go to Professor Drew. Get your thoughts. What matchups are you having your eyes on? I know I talked about Grambling and Texas Southern and then Texas Southern and Southern. You see the same or are you looking at some other game? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Prairie View did not have a 30-plus game home winning streak for any reason. You know, there's a certain atmosphere at Prairie View. You expect Prairie View to get at least a split this weekend uh, out of those two tough games that they have at home, if not sweep those. Uh the thing you want to look, yeah, you have to look out for the two Alabama teams. The two Alabama teams should be able to take care of business this weekend and position themselves a little better. I mean, we got 10 of the 12 teams that are in the race and only eight get to make it. So this is a weekend where people need to handle the business. The Alabama teams need, need to sweep. If you're at home, you really want to win those games at home so that you so that you can remain. Because if anybody goes on a multiple game losing streak at this point in the season, you may play your way out of the tournament. Yeah, to you, Charles, the only team that's out at this point, basically, you would think is Mississippi Valley at one and ten. But you have we talked about the top teams. Look at this. You have Alabama State at five and six, Alabama AM at four and seven, Bethune Cookman at four and seven, Jackson State at four and seven, Prairie at four and seven. And then even behind that, you have Arkansas Pine Bluff at three and eight. So you have some teams that have a chance to put themselves in that position when you talk about six, seven, and eight seed. What games has your interest this weekend? Southern, Texas Southern. I think that's the one that jumps out for me. Uh, when you take a look Monday at Monday night, Monday, Monday night, night. Some, about those Monday Val- nights too. Valentine's night, somebody gonna get their heart broke. Uh, it's, it's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be a knockdown dragout. And, and you're talking about the number one offensive team versus the number one defensive team in the swag. And I thought Mississippi Valley State chucked up three pointers. Nah, this Southern team is number one in the swag in terms of checking up three pointers. They shoot thirty eight percent from behind the arc, and number one in the swag. That's going to be a good one, but. This is the the, the basketball uh, in the swag. This is parody on you know, any given night. I don't know. It's almost meackish. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there, there's uh, no words. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, they're, 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 we, we have seen just Jekyll and Hyde throughout the season. And this is a weekend, I think, Purdue, they have to get there. There's no split. They have to go 2 and up against two of the best teams in the swag. Great points, Mabel. Both of you, that'll do it for us today. Let me give a mm-hmm. shout-out first to Chunk Hunt. He says, I'm looking 
forward to seeing you on television again. Texas Southern plays Grambling on NBA TV. Yes. Shout out for all those that clipped it, uh, sent me some uh, updates, love, whatever you want to call it. Uh, as I was visibly on NBA TV, that was cool to see uh, all the accolades. Shout out to all those that gave me uh, birthday well wishes today. I appreciate all the thoughts. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadikaville, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Shout out to Charles, Neely, and Drew. The professors visiting were in the house. Charles took over the chair hot seat, and he got it done. Great dialogue, great discussion. Man, I felt like I could just step back out. I said, oh, lecture in session for real, the way they went in there. I didn't even have to put on my lab jacket. I felt good just being in the back and just sitting back and being like, wow, they brought it. With that being said, we look for you next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Give you the update on the hardwood. Start telling you what's going on in baseball. Uh, sneak in maybe even some softball. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Remember, indoor track championships are coming up. We'll see what that looks like, and then we're going to turn it to the outside. A&T is still getting it done. We'll see what's going on in the SWAC. See if family is going to bring any of that speed to the indoor track meets. We'll see what's going on there. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Tell your friends uh, to like, subscribe. Let's get it going. Continue to build. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Drew? Of course. Charles? Lecture. Dismiss. Time to go do the baby birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we holler.